0: Hmm. Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But under the right circumstances, a producer could make more money with a flop than he could with a hit. Hmm.
1: Yes, it's quite possible. Welcome to the NFC West show, the only show about the NFC West. We are talking Seahawks, Rams, Niners, Cardinals. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, speaking of the Cardinals, big trade last week. Zach Ertz coming over from the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you make of it, Williams? Well, I don't know
0: much about the Eagles because I uh, only know about the NFC West. Um, You know, end of an used to be an
1: NFC East team. Did you know that?
0: that, (laughs) That was, what a time. We've definitely already talked about that. But it might be like the most unbelievable fact in world history.
1: It, it doesn't make fa- any goddamn it's, sense. It's, a, it's sort of a homecoming for Zach Ertz. You can think of it in that way. Correct. Right? <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> in intra, <laughs> an intra-divisional trade. Yeah. <laughs> is Zach Ertz slowly reaching um, honorary, like, Alfred Morris status
1: where he plays oh, for every yeah. team? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just need to get him back through the rest of the east but i don't know much about the rest of the teams in the east this is an nfc west show <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about uh our favorite diet version of the los angeles rams the arizona cardinals how do you think Zach Ertz fits into that offense do you like the pairing with kyler murray what, what are you thinking man
0: well i think he's another steady option for arizona and cliff kingsbury to rely on certainly um didn't give up much to get him as far as i know uh, kind of a yeah, just a fringy the, special teamer uh, yeah. and a six six rounder, right? So six rounder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to feel pretty good about about getting a guy who will contribute in the short term and I think certainly when you have an offensive mind like Cliffs Kingsbury, there's already a plan in place, right? Yeah. And I think last year uh last week's Eagles game that I didn't watch because once again not in the NFC East world at all. Um I think that you can see that Ertz by himself really can Still be an effective, almost yeah. old Jason Witten esque target.
1: From what I've seen of the Eagles over the past few years, which again let me, let us reiterate is not much. Uh, yeah, I I I I have to say that I think that Ertz has been kind of a his numbers have declined, and you can make a surface level case it could just be because of age, and I think age has a lot to do with it. But I think also he's kind of a victim of circumstance. Eagles drafted Dallas Goddard, have never quite made the two tight end package work, you know. There and the past two years, quarterback play in Philadelphia has been bad too. To compound an already bad play calling situation in two tight end sets, so I I like that our our uh, our favorite NFC West team as an nsc west pod the arizona cardinals uh yeah. got a i think a, a vet at a position of need that still has some athleticism still has some some good hands knows knows a variety of routes um i think it's gonna be a great weapon for the cardinals hopefully to take on this juggernaut of a rams team let's just get into the the, the game reviews the los angeles rams taking on the new york giants got to ask the question is Sean McVeigh the new Belichick the, the Rams are rolling man
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh, you know it feels great because we're such big Rams and Cardinals fans yeah, and Seahawks fans and uh, Niners fans
1: Niners yeah
0: <laughs> it's you know we just love seeing them all succeed uh, because we're fans of the NFC West in general uh, I mean look McVay it's, it's all coming together for him. Clearly Jared Goff was a problem and clearly Matthew Stafford is the real deal. Yeah. Um, It's, it's, it's hard to, I, I, I I know we've talked before about not knowing anything about the Detroit Lions or really Stafford at large, but he's really shining in this offense. And then on the defense, it's just like, well, we have Aaron Donald. So who cares about everything else? They look good. I've, they've they good all year long, um and the Giants are in a putrid football <laughs> franchise.
1: So really kind of an easy win. It, it don't you don't you just feel happy about not having to watch the Giants as an NFC West fan every week? We get to watch the Rams, we get to watch the Cardinals, we get to watch uh we get to watch the Niners, we get to watch uh
0: Seahawks. Seahawks, Seahawks. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, all I, I don't know much in this life. I've never been east of the Sierra Nevadas. But uh, I do know that if I were a Giants fan and had been a lifelong Giants fan and I were getting sad text from my dad about how he wants to kill himself via eating thumbtacks after a Giants loss, if that was something that I could relate to, which I can't because I live a an easy breezy West Coast lifestyle and my dad is unaltered and watches a lot of Seattle Sounders soccer games.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, I I, I love that about your dad. Very, uh, very chill.
0: (laughs) Right. Chill, normal guy who doesn't (laughs) fantasize about the thumbtacks. If, if, uh, if that were the case, I think I would be a very unhappy person, but instead I am very happy because I get to watch all four of these teams do so well. And boy, the Rams did well against the Giants. I don't even think there's really more to say. Certainly, if I were a Giants fan, I wouldn't want to think about it anymore and would politely ask you to move on to the next topic.
1: Well, can we... Listen, I don't think we need to talk about the Giants at all. I want to talk about one more thing before we move on. Can we talk about Raheem Morris for two seconds? Oh, yes. (laughs) I I know you just gave Aaron Donald full credit for the defense, but... They held a Giants offense that had been working in fits and spurts to a field goal for most of the game. And yeah. I McVay gets all the love. I maybe compared it to the new Belichick, but is Raheem Morris the new? I think Raheem DMP's? Morris is the new Belichick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Defensive, <laughs> defensive coordinator under a future dynasty. Yeah. With an iconic player at the helm for Belichick who was Lawrence Taylor. Back in the day, for those giants teams that I don't know anything about, um, and now it's Aaron Donald. Um, so I, Raheem Morris certainly a guy who uh, he comes from somewhere on the East Coast. I forget what school he went to, but people should look that up because uh, everybody who graduates from there is pretty pretty smart and incisive. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think he's really pulling the strings. We have to give a lot of credit to Raheem Morris. I, unironically fully support everything he does and uh very happy for him
1: i think we all know that college is off to university and i think <laughs> we know that is a that is a huge reason for his success also a huge reason for uh marquise colston's success
0: yeah uh bernie Madoff, another yeah. <laughs> another guy really. wayne Uh
1: um, Yeah. <laughs> getting back to it I want to talk a little bit about the Rams opponent this week, the Giants. Can they win a game this year? Do you think they can win another game this year? I mean, they start with the Panthers. Do you want to do a a quick prediction of what the Panthers-Giants game may look like?
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty ugly. Uh, Panthers are in a big downslide right now, just kind of lost their mojo after a hot start. But the Giants are really, really bad. I mean, they just put Andrew Thomas on IR, which is... A huge blow to that offensive line that was kind of just being held together with gum and paper clips to begin with, um, and I, I just don't see. It's weird that Daniel Jones is out there after getting completely rocked a week ago. I know that the severity of concussions is not directly correlated to like how they respond to it on the field, but the dude was was totally out of it. I mean he was out of it yeah. on the cart even wheeling away like ten minutes later. Um, it just seems what was, bizarre. what was Canarius
1: Tony's Instagram post with him with Daniel Jones being dazed? Not only did, did Canarius, the, Yeah, the, the, the post
0: was something like like we will be better next time or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But the best part about it was Kadarius Tony gives him like the headbutt, yeah. like on the cart. <laughs> It's like whatever few brain cells Daniel Jones had left after that hit just evaporated into the ether um, above Jerry Jones mega complex. Uh, Yeah,
1: I think uh, I think uh, this Panthers Giants game is uh, the Panthers are sliding, but the uh, the Giants are nose diving. And I just the Giants like, are
0: the worst team. They're, I think yeah. they're the worst team in the NFL right now when you consider how many injuries they've had. I think that they're yeah. bad before the injuries, but with the injuries, is just Man. forget about it. I mean, they they're a bad. ghost of, a, of an I, NFL team.
1: I do think they were They're starting to find some stuff that worked, but the injuries have just yeah. basically nailed the coffin shut for them this season. I, I think they'll struggle to find a win yeah, throughout I think their schedule. Get
0: I think they'll get probably a couple more just because of the weirdness of how the ball can
1: bounce. Sometimes your smart money is always on whoever's playing the Giants. I think I think it's Panthers, but I don't think it'll be like I'm not going to predict like a blowout in a similar way. I think it's be like 21 to like seven or 14 or something. It'll yeah. feel close just because I don't think the Panthers' offense can hang a 30 or 40 burger like other offenses can on the giants defense but i don't think the giants offense yeah. will be offering much of anything themselves either yep also the panthers defense is i think the strength of their team they're they're very good and very very fast they're a very fast defense you know um yeah. which i think uh will be something the giants can't handle um, <laughs> right um <laughs> It's well, like that
0: scouting report about the Giants before the – that tweet about the Giants before the year started in terms of drafting Kadarius Tony, that the Giants were a team focused on building strength and speed. They were a strength and speed team. Yeah. So you would think they'd have no problems with other strength and speed teams, but here we are. It's amazing how –
1: without Every team either in the NFL. strength or speed. <laughs> right.
0: It's incredible how that works out. How everyone else has strength and speed. Yeah, here we were trying to build a, a weak and slow team. but
1: A, a true tortoise and hare situation. Maybe they should
0: fucking try that. Maybe it should be like a Costanza and Seinfeld opposite type situation yeah. where they have me out there at defensive end and it works. I don't know.
1: All right, well, Let's close the book on this Rams this Rams game. And yeah. honestly, you know, the 49ers and the the Geno Hawks, they're basically NFC East teams at this point anyway. Do you want to do an episode of the NFC Lee show instead from now on? Yeah, you know what that might be.
0: I'm a little bit tired of winning all the time. It's <laughs> <Just> like how <laughs> Trump promised we'd be tired of winning. Yeah, and that's an N.S.C. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm let's, so let's, tired. let's focus I'm so on our tired. unfortunate brethren.
1: I'm so tired living in California with perfect weather and perfect sun right. and perfect breezing, just winning all the time. Let's talk about real working man's northeast towns. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, let's start with uh, welcome to the N.S.C. Lee Show. <laughs> show about everything <laughs> that's bad and awful about the NFC East. Washington. <laughs> Let's start. Yeah, what a weak Washington football team had. All right. I don't even want to talk about football. Let's talk about the John Gruden emails and how oh, Gruden man. gets fired, but essentially proof of Washington sex trafficking their cheerleaders goes <laughs> completely unpunished. And then to save face, they decided to host Sean Taylor Day with less than a week notice.
0: <laughs> Retire yeah.
1: his retired like on I Wednesday. <laughs> it was on Wednesday. It was suddenly decided. Yeah. And some of the pictures from Sean Taylor Day are woefully iconic. First of all, Dan Snyder, either Dan Snyder or Bruce Allen, I think, was running around the field in like a hoodie. The entire Had day, he, like he. Dre- I
0: think Snyder.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he dressed up. Bruce Allen's not part of this, the team anymore, right? Right. He is part of those Gruden emails from when yes. he was yes, yeah, yeah, the yeah.
0: general manager, or president then. of operations. It was yeah. Snyder then,
1: and it would be it
0: would be a psycho but realistic move for Bruce Allen to be <laughs> on the field not a week after.
1: I just forgot. uh, I just forgot. I forgot that Snyder pulled that like what Bruce Allen, he doesn't work here anymore. Maneuver like like two years ago. Um, But Snyder decided to wear a hoodie to take pictures during the retirement ceremony of the deceased legend and fan favorite Sean Taylor. Um, The highlight of it was, uh, I don't know if you guys know this or have been to an NFL game before, but like pre-game, they have like this white plastic fence on the sideline that VIPs are allowed to mingle in if you get like field level access before the game and to like talk to the players. It's like a gated part. And they legit cornered the VIPs over the, the Sean Taylor number they painted on the field for Sean Taylor Day. So all the VIPs were standing on Sean Taylor's number before the game, including Patrick Mahomes' brother, Jackson Mahomes, who recorded a TikTok dance dancing on the memorial number of a deceased Washington football team legend. Yes. There's multiple levels of ineptitude there. I would hope that Jackson Mahomes knew better. But also, what kind of organization even risks a situation like that By placing all of their VIPs on top of the number they Painted for this Day right it it just Reeked
0: you're asking for it to happen It
1: reeked of just like poor Planning slapdash stuff and like It was a total like let's save face And like even if we Fuck it up they're gonna talk more about how we Fucked it up next week than talk about the sex Trafficking yeah the sex trafficking Exactly (laughs)
0: Yeah, I, this really uh, puts into light, I, once I think, just as a helpful reminder of how awful an organization uh, the Washington football team is, despite their, I guess, rebranding in progress. Um, their refusal to let go of the Redskins name for far too long. I mean, people have been calling for that for uh, at least a decade and really, in many circles, longer than that. Um, there, the whole sex trafficking thing, where they took cheerleaders to other countries to kind of entertain, you know, big associates of the team, and like took away
1: their passports for a while.
0: <laughs> I don't I, want to I, laugh.
1: It is so it's, awful. It's awful. I, I'm only laughing because I, I don't know how else I could process this without crying. Really, it's right. like it is so objectively scary and awful how they treated like not just women but in em- like employees, right? employees like <laughs>
0: who also don't like like cheerleaders like don't make like anything from I know. This, i'm to understand it it's it's not a job that you get into because like you're trying to make a lot of money it's a job that you do because you love performing and you love that aspect of it um but i it's I I would think it's some sort of crime to take away people's passports when they're in another country. Although maybe depending on how implicit like the threat was, you know, it's, it's really like the always sunny, like the implication, like the Dennis thing. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Uh, We might need to cut that. It's it's so fucked up. It's literally, it's literally fucked up that they're doing something that, a character on a TV show who is like a serial killer also yes. does.
1: Yes. That's, I don't think we have to cut it out because I think that you are drawing a very apt comparison and that the owner, like a NFL sanctioned owner of a multimillion dollar franchise should not compare favorably to a satirical sociopath on, yes. <laughs> on, a, on a, on a sitcom. You know what I mean? Like, Dennis is a cartoon and Dan (laughs) Snyder on some level reminds you of Dennis, you know, which is awful.
0: (laughs) And the final thing for all of this is that uh, last year, I think before the season started, and I think even before the rebrand, I think this is one of the things I wrote, the rebrand was this kind of bombshell report from the Washington post that reported um, a, a culture of, Uh, harassment, denigration, uh, both like misogyny, pretty much just every classic behavior in the book of like a toxic workplace. Um, And it's, I I think the Gruden emails without getting too in depth there really underscore that again, Mm -hmm. uh, that Bruce Allen is a part of, was a part of those emails. You know, it doesn't surprise me at all that the connections ladder up the way they do. Um, but it, it it also is just really uh, sick to see Washington so shamelessly. It is funny because it's like such like a clumsily. It's like a little kid like hiding something from you after like you literally caught them doing it. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's like <laughs> just such a just such a, a ponderous um, way to try to conceal what you've done. It's so shameless that you. Uh, you just have to be bemused by it. I don't really know what else, how else we can respond. So, not to—I don't know how long I've been rambling about this. The Patrick Mahomes thing I thought was great because when you texted me about it, I thought that people were mad at like Patrick <laughs> Mahomes's child because I didn't know who Jackson Mahomes was. <laughs> so
1: like so doing like like a keep, were dance or something right, on like, top of it Yet. <laughs>
0: Patrick Mahomes' kid was doing like the nay nay on like Sean Taylor's <laughs> number memorial. I don't know. Um, that would have been a lot better. But uh, again, just kind of a, a comedy of errors that you would expect from from the minds that gave us such terrible football for the last 20 years.
1: I do want to say I, this summer, I broke the NFC East Me More subreddit by. <laughs> implying that every owner in the division was toxic and it just yeah. created this shitstorm in the comments where everyone defended their team's owner and then tried yes. to say another owner was more toxic and at the time i said if everyone says this about the other owner i'm right but <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> but I do want to also give credence to the signal through the noise, which the most popular. No, my owner's not toxic. That owner's toxic. Pick was Dan Snyder, yeah. Yeah. and he is the most hot, like, like he, he is he, like, When scale. we talk about how ownership and management in this division is actively running teams into the ground. It's almost as if Lurie, Jones, and Mara like learn from Dan Snyder, right? You know, (laughs) they're infected (laughs) by whatever he's doing. It's it's insane. He is the fact he again like owners like you just can't just because you have millions of dollars you just can't buy an NFL team even if someone needed to sell it even if someone wanted to sell it to you. You need to be sanctioned yeah. by the league and be accepted as an owner by the NFL. And the fact that Dan Snyder is given the privilege by the governing body of the sport to own a team is egregious. Yes. Like I don't, I don't get, I don't get why he's still allowed to own the Washington Football Team.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think there's something to be said about. Um... Kind of just what how power can be wielded to preserve your position mm-hmm. um, and Dan Snyder is is like a member of of a small, very exclusive club and also happens to be worth billions of dollars. Nobody wants to make enemies with that kind of person, and no other owner like i'm sure I'm sure there are other owners there who have emails who aren't exactly you know the most woke things you've ever seen in your life who would also get very sweaty palms over the idea of expelling Snyder for things that they have also probably done. What are you laughing at? Similar uh, similar stuff to?
1: No, I'm just... I was brought back to the texts that we had where it's just like, yeah, but like Jerry Jones would say like just the most cartoonish 60s like... Coded I, I, need I need Jerry's... <laughs> like Jerry's you know. emails would be like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's sweeter than a watermelon on a fruit fly. I want
0: to see that boy take on an 18-wheeler and see who wins. You're like, what is that? Is that bad?
1: <laughs> what bad. does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Snyder just comes out and says it where Jones kind of masks it in cutesy Texas folk language when he's really saying some pretty atrocious racially coded (laughs) things like (laughs) um, all right let's uh, I mean does Washington beat Green Bay we didn't talk about the Chiefs but it was more of the same I mean the one thing of note I thought like I thought I thought Washington's defense looked better and more like the Washington defense we expect in the first half like they held the Chiefs to a 10 to 6 game going into halftime. It's just like more of the same. The offense couldn't get it going on the other side of the ball and then the Chiefs are too good and the defense's back broke in the second half. Yeah. That was that was my takeaway from the game. And it's like Yeah, I thought
0: Washington hung in there for a long time. Yeah. But what are, what are you gonna do? I mean they just don't have if if you can't take advantage of the Chiefs defense, which is uh porous, then
1: you're you're never gonna hold off the offense enough. If if my defense holds the Chiefs to 10 points through, like, two and a half quarters, my offense needs to have racked up 20 to 30 already to give myself a chance. Because it's going to be, like, the Chiefs' offense will find a way to break that defense by the end of the game. Reed Reed is
0: too smart of a play caller. He's not going to let you do the same things all game. Like, he's going to figure you out with the talent that he has. So, yeah, I mean, it was kind of an inevitable... Conclusion, as inevitable as the that Rams-Giants game to me.
1: Yep. Um, I think it's more of the same next week against Green Bay. I think Green Bay's offense is of a similar makeup to Kansas City, but just slightly worse in terms of talent, um, but can still beat you in a myriad of different ways. I feel like it's going to be like a 30-something to 17. Let's say 34 to 17 Packers win. Uh
0: Yeah, I think... I think Green Bay is going to win. I do think it might be close. Um,
1: I'll say 27-23 Green Bay. All right, let's go on to let's go on to the Eagles. Um losing losing a game that ended up looking closer than what it actually was. Uh Eagles offense started to find some things that worked in the fourth quarter, pulled within a score, but really the Buccaneers had to control this game for the majority of it, 30 to 22 final score. Um, For me, I think the story of this Eagles team is the offense. Um, It's not like the defense is great, but you get the feeling that if there was a great offense paired with it, they'd at least be playable and like, wouldn't lose games for a, for a dominant offensive team. But the Eagles are far from a dominant offensive team. It feels like it takes them three quarters to even figure out how to play offense. In, <laughs> yeah. in some games it's crazy like um my big question and I think I think the narrative in Philly is really shifting to this is like the existential question we've been saying you know this this season is you know an audit on Jalen Hurts and an evaluation on Nick Sirianni right like is Hurts the guy you ride with is Sirianni a coach that you're gonna ride with for three four years um both of them are basically directly responsible for how bad the offense has been who do you think who do you think more is to blame at this point is it sirianni and his play calling and coaching and execution the penalties obviously have have, uh, have racked up as well or is it jalen hurts and his inability to execute what do you think uh,
0: it's i don't really want to lay too much blame on either if i had to pick between the two it's hurts Just because I think it's more obvious where he's coming up short in terms of just missing throws and making some mediocre decisions. Uh, I I think the real thing to blame here, and this is harder to answer because it's more insidious, is that the offensive talent is actually quite bad, despite how it may look on paper. Um, I think the O-line, when they start getting hurt, Uh, like I know Lane Johnson has been missing some time due to personal reasons and obviously you have Brandon Brooks out and whatnot. Uh, The O-line is is kind of subtly shaky. The wide receiving core, it still needs a ton of work. I I just don't – I think uh, Smith is the real deal, as we said before. And Quez Watkins certainly has a role, but I, I think probably similar to Darius Slayton in terms of being, like, a number three guy who makes a nice play every once in a while but isn't, like, breaking games open for you too often. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jalen Rager, I don't know. I think that's, that, that could be a big strike in the Howie end-of-the-year review if he doesn't look better than he does right now. So it's hard. I mean, Hertz isn't helping his case. Hertz has not been good. You could argue that Sirianni's play calling, I guess, could use work, although like we talked about last week, there's so much that goes into that that I just don't think any of us are really qualified to uh, – We, if you have criticism, it needs to be more nuanced than run the ball more. That's just not yep. thoughtful enough. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't think I, – I think yeah. this, the sum of the parts just doesn't add up to very much, and that's not on one – any one group in particular, as much as it might be like Philly fans to blame it like that. It's just a lot of like four out of 10 caliber guys getting together and producing a a, a stale offense.
1: I think my thing is one idea that was floated around in, in Eagles analysis circles that I, that I really agree with is I think the reason why it's so frustrating watching the Eagles offense right now is Sirianni has not been a good enough coach to adequately, Judge Jalen Hurts And Jalen Hurts has not been a good enough quarterback To adequately judge Nick Sirianni Right Both of them are like to your point Four or five out of tens That do not elevate one another Based on (laughs) whatever They can do to help one another So it just ends up being Worse than the sum of their parts Right Um, And do I think like Jalen Hurts Paired with like Sean Payton Looks a lot better yeah, I mean, look, I mean, he's got Jameis Winston playing, <laughs> winning football yep. right now. You know, yep. um, when James. Winston... But I Winston, think also,
0: I think that that Saints O-line is also a lot better. Like, yeah. you know, there's just other subtle things that add up to a winning situation as opposed to one that just looks kind of inept.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, conversely, right, like people get on Sirianni's play calling and and like I kind of said last week, like... I'm watching this offense and I'm seeing receivers open, which from a play calling perspective, like that's what you want. You want to drop a passing attack that gets receivers in a position to make plays and the receivers are there and the ball's not getting there where it should be, or it's being held too long, you know? So it's like almost like the wins that Sirianni should be getting Hertz is bungling. And then the wins that Hertz is getting Sirianni is bungling. You know, yeah. like, yeah,
0: there's just nobody really stepping up and being exceptional, which is what this kind of team needs.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's just really frustrating because I think to your point, um, like one thing is in the back of my mind is like, when, if ever do we decide to bench hurts? Not because I think, um, you know, I want to give Hertz as much time to figure his stuff out as possible because if we don't have to use one of those fir- those three first-round picks in a QB, it's a net positive, right? If we found our guy, yeah. that's great, right? But on the flip side, if he's chucking these inaccurate balls out there, at a certain point, he starts hurting an already fragile ride receiver's cords ability to develop. Yeah. Like, you'd yeah. almost rather just, like, can we just throw a jugs machine out there to play quarterback just to make sure decent balls are getting in, like, in the receiver's vicinity? You know, if you're treating the season like reps for the last, like, five to six weeks, right? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's got to be part of the, the Eagles calculus, where if they feel like Hertz has done enough and they know who the guy is, like, and they feel like Minshew or probably not flacco but maybe Minshew can be a little bit more accurate and have yeah. a wider array of throws in his arsenal like it's not like minchu's going to be the guy long term either but he'll probably help you evaluate these wide receivers a little bit better because i feel like especially with like a rager like i also think about you know what if rager was on like the rams you yeah know? Like I think he looks ten times better and fi- probably finds his confidence and 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 settles into a groove. Maybe he doesn't light the league on fire, but he's not dropping balls like twenty percent of targets. You know, actually wind up a catch like all that kind of stuff we're dealing with right now. It's like I do think there's something to be said that like when you are in this rut offensively, where everyone's kind of mediocre and no one's complimenting one another it actively hurts the development of everyone because there's no one elevating the play of everyone else,
0: you know? Well, and I I also think that, that, again, it's that situation where, you know, Hertz has a very unique skill set and it's hard to evaluate the offense neutrally with him in it. Whereas Minshew is a very standard, boring pocket passer. You know, it's going to be clear to see what works and what doesn't. Like Hertz is more inaccurate, so he's going to – the receivers, you know, it might not look as clean for them. On the other hand, I think that he's hiding a lot of the O-line problems because he's so elusive, you know, yep. whereas with Minshew, I think it will be clear, okay, here the O-line is an issue, the receivers are not, you might get a little more clarity for sure. Yeah. Yep. But I, I think the question, again, is like, when do you pull the plug on the Hertz experiment? I think you've got at least six more games before. Yep, yep. you Yeah. Go down that path, especially since
1: I think the Eagles are good enough to win occasionally.
0: You know. Yeah. Uh, I I, uh,
1: I have it. I have it on bye week. So the Eagles have a pretty late bye this year. I think it doesn't come until like week 12, 13, or fourteen, or something. Um. Yeah. So I feel like if we get to the bye and Hertz, even if we've won a few games, if Hertz still looks like Hertz today it might get to a point where it's like we've seen we've seen enough, you know? Um, yep. Especially if, you know, Sirianni starts experimenting with more and maybe becomes a more mature play caller by that point in the year too. Like I hope and trust he has more of ability to do, you know? Yep. Um, in terms of next week, I actually think it's going to be a win. Not necessarily because I think the Eagles are good. I just think that the Raiders in this post-Gruden tailspin, probably can't get their act together to put together a complete game. And yeah. I think that the Eagles are just good enough to beat a somehow miraculously more disorganized dysfunctional team in a tailspin. Is that court. in Philly or is it out in Vegas? Do you know? Uh, I believe it's in Vegas.
0: Okay. Maybe we can go to that one. Then. It's pretty close. Uh, yeah. I think uh, – I, I'm going to go Oakland on, or uh, Las Vegas <laughs> on this one. Sorry, you know, it's – I'm just so close to all these West Coast cities. I get it. I get it. They just flow off the tongue so easily. Um, I, I, I think even with the Gruden stuff, it's – at this point in the season, I'm at the point where you got to just start picking against the, the NFC East team yes. almost all the time. Um, so until I, until I see something that proves me wrong otherwise – I'm gonna go with Vegas. Uh, I think I'll take a score of ooh, twenty-seven to twenty. Very standard, kind of.
1: I'll say game. twenty-one to seventeen. I think it'll be a weird, stout defensive performance um, from the Eagles, and I think it'll probably be it'll probably be uh, bad offensively. But they're like late game, you know offensive push that they've had for the past two or three weeks. It'll be similar to the Panthers game where it feels like a loss and then like the offense will do enough to win late. You know? Right. Okay. Um all right. Best for last the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Overtime win. Yes. Against the two and four New England Patriots. Yeah. Very close to us being right. I think honestly, like results aside, I'll give us credit for calling that the game would probably play out like this. Right? Like it wouldn't just be Dallas controlling the game in New England, despite New England being bad. We knew Belichick would have this team figured out. And honestly, like Dallas couldn't do all that it wanted to do, and Dak looked frustrated for most of the game. You know, and yeah, um, but the Cowboys did good team things and made big plays when they had to and won a game that they probably shouldn't have won. And I'm left here thinking could Dallas this year's Dallas team be the, the first good NFC East team in the past like three years. like legitimately like objectively across the nfl good i'm not even gonna say like super bowl contender like everyone else is hyping i just need to are they objectively good or are we still going to like i still think there's a case to be made here of like fool's gold paper tiger because the strength of schedule has been bad they are in the nfc east and they haven't played a contender in their prime yet you know what i mean
0: This is a tough, this is a tough one for me because I think that they are both good. Like they're objectively, I think, pretty good. They're top, they're top 10 NFL team right now. I would say top 12, which means that they're good. Many people will be mad that we're not putting them higher than that. I also think they're a paper tiger. If you can both be good and a paper tiger, which I think you can be in terms of contenders, right? You can be a good team and not be a serious contender. Uh, I do think they're in that category. they have I'm kind of sh- shocked that the injuries they've had haven't been that bad outside of DeMarcus Lawrence um, and then, I guess, technically, Lyle Collins getting suspended. hasn't really been that big of a factor, but I do think if uh, the O-line gets shaken up in some key places, like if Zach Martin misses time, if Dak misses t- there's just – you know, the only reason I haven't crossed off every single team in this division besides Dallas right now is because there is a chance that something blows up and you know the somebody gets hurt or something weird happens and and it's all downhill from there. But at, at the moment, I mean, we have to give Dallas props. They they look good. They just they're doing what they need to do. Winning in New England, the Patriots are not a great team, but we knew that game was a trap game, and they overcame it. Now I think they're, uh, you know, they've, they've got plenty of divisional games left, which I would feel great about if I were a Cowboys fan looking around these other teams. you know, plenty of wins to be had. So they're in a really nice spot. I think the question for them is just staying healthy and not peaking too early. you know that's happens a lot where a team's really good out of the gates, and they just start to fade for some reason or another as the season goes on. I do yeah. think, as we've discussed, the Cowboys are a prime candidate for that type of situation. But until we see that, uh, we gotta we gotta give them their credit. They they are far and away the best team in the division.
1: My my thing about the Cowboys that I honestly like this is the bull. I'm making the bull case for the Cowboys that they're not a paper tiger right now. Okay, I don't agree with it. I want to believe they're a paper tiger, but this is the one signal I'm getting that is a causing me to feel the opposite. I know okay. we had, I know we had an entire diatribe about good teams running the ball and how it's not actually that important, but I think that the Cowboys running game combined with their off, their they're like statistically anomalous, anomalo, anomalously great offensive line. I think that's their edge in games against other top tier NFL teams. I actually think the Cowboys passing game isn't as good as everyone hypes them up to be. I don't think Dak is a particularly great quarterback. I still think I would prefer to see them be able to like push the ball downfield more often than not. But they've had the luxury of not having to because whenever they need a first down, they hand it to either Zeke or Pollard and they pick up seven yards. It's automatic. It's crazy. Yeah, um, like, let's say you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Even if that defense starts to tighten up, the Chiefs' defense, that is, right as the year goes on, they're never going to be the type of team that can like plug up that efficient of an offense of a running game on offense, right? Yep. And it's like, like I just don't know, like what what other team in the NFL has like the unique combo. Of like stout, strong, fast defense that can nullify a truly modern elite running game on yeah. top of like, you know, a good enough complex passing attack. You know what I mean? Like I mean, and
0: they have good receiving threats too, even if you aren't a huge DAC believer,
1: which neither of us are. Super well, on board with.
0: I think he's good, but like nothing crazy. But that's but
1: that's why their passing game works is because all their their receiving talent is great. You run all three or four of them out there on a on a given pass play on like a like a creative route tree. Someone's going to be open, and Dax's good enough to get the ball to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I I don't know, man. Like it's a, it's an interesting team. The one thing I think I agree with you is like them playing at this high level is dependent on them staying healthy because I don't like, it's really their offensive line talent combined with the running backs that makes that running game, that potent. And the minute you take that away, then I think you're left with a worse than chiefs, Packers, Cardinals, Rams, passing attack, you know? Um, but if they got both going for them, like they do right now, they're a very tough team to stop. I'm gonna it's say paper chance, tiger. I'm gonna say paper yeah. tiger until proven otherwise. But I am. I think we might have the first good team on our hands, uh, and I don't know. I, I might need to learn how to enjoy watching it, even though I'll hate it.
0: Yeah, I don't know if we'll get to that point, but <laughs> I do, I think uh, you know the beautiful thing about being labeled the paper tiger is that we're only wrong if they win the Super Bowl. So yeah. <laughs> It's a great place for us to be in. Uh, Dallas fans, all you Dallas fans who listen to this, I know there's so many of you, uh, and you love us so much. Um, I, I take it as a compliment, but my only other thing with them would just be the defensive side of the ball. Can they? Can the turnovers keep it up? I don't think we need to rehash that again. But yep. Overall, I mean, there's not that many reasons to feel bad right now besides nope. – Chance of injury, which literally every team in the league has. And that chance maybe we're just giving away a little bit too much, too early. We're clicking too well, you know. We're too good. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Too good. You don't want to be too good. <laughs> All right, man. Do you have a take? Uh, not at this very moment. I can come up with one, though, if you give me a minute. I forget about the take sometimes.
1: Yeah, I do, too. Here, how about my take is takes are overrated wow I think, my, you know my, I think my honestly honestly man like i i think the trump era was like the golden age of hot takes and now that things have become normal again i don't it's really hard to come up with like a like a joe take. biden <laughs>
0: killed takes that's your take? yeah. <laughs>
1: well, yeah that's my take joe biden killed takes <laughs>
0: Oh, okay, okay, I got one. Cut cut all that bullshit. Cut all of it. Cut all of it. The NFL 100% manufactures its drama when it feels like the league needs a little juicy piece to keep going because the games aren't necessarily that entertaining week to week. Like the Brady deflate gate bullshit that took up a whole summer was completely artificially extended by Goodell or whoever the hell you want to say just to keep clicks and eyeballs on the league during the off season. I wouldn't be shocked if the Gruden situation is in a similar case where it's like, yeah, you know, 17, now it's an 18 week season. We're just going to kind of sprinkle something in there when we need to keep it moving. That's my take for the week. Sean Conspiracist is back. This one is (laughs) absolutely correct. This one is for sure. the I was
1: going to the one take I had in my mind that I thought, but I didn't want to go that far because I do think he deserved to be fired. Was John Gordon didn't yeah. deserved to be fired? Which yeah, is <laughs> well, yeah,
0: that's
1: <laughs> like. But it, it, the reason why I wanted to say it was more getting at the idea that you're saying, where I I truly feel like when something like this happens, right, where we can all probably reasonably guess that like every every high ranking like old boomer type in the NFL has very sordid emails that like. A lot of them, a lot of them do. It has to be, it has to be the case, you know, it's just like part of the culture. It just is what it is, right? The NFL knows this, right? So when something like this bubbles up, it is a PR strategy for them to make Gruden a fall guy in this and then craft the narrative around him to protect people like Snyder or you know, anyone else. Right. Because and I, I mean, do think, I do think to your point, it's like, it's simultaneously to make sure the people that like can take it are the ones who get it while also controlling and dripping the narrative in a way that keeps fans entertained. You know what yeah, I mean? For yeah, sure. There's never a bad, you know, it's never a bad PR basically.
0: Yeah. There's, there's definitely something larger to that. That ladders back up to the Snyder stuff in terms of, and the Bruce Allen stuff, I guess, uh, it's hard to keep saying Snyder because I don't know the extent of the emails with Snyder specifically, but um, yeah, like should like Gruden should have been fired, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and he was fired, but Gruden, only because Gruden is expendable in that way, whereas nobody can just fire Dan Snyder, apparently. It just yeah. can't be done, despite really an accumulated... Uh, record that is similarly appalling, and I think if it were ledgered in the New York Times, like one quote after another or one deed after another, people would be like, "What? What is this? It's it's yeah. insane." Um, but uh, that's another part of controlling the narrative, right? Is you you let some things drip out in such a way that it doesn't seem like compounding incidents and other things you release you know, eight hours after one another. So right when people are getting over that hype and shock of seeing one thing, then it's the next thing. Right. Um, with Gruden for the first day, it was that, that note about, uh, Smith, um, and what he said there that was racially, uh, you know, had, had a, a racist undertone to it to say the least. And then, mm-hmm. um, Then like in the same, like, you know, they were sitting on the other Goodell emails where Gruden says some awful things and they just didn't say anything about that. They let the DeMarie Smith thing play out for like a day. Then it was like, bam. Oh, by the way, he also said X, Y, and Z. It's like, oh, okay. Well then it's, it's back. It's top of the news. on like a Monday morning. Yeah. It's crazy man we this this should really be the. i get so much this is so much more fun for me than talking about you know how bad the giants are every week (laughs) it's so much more fun oh man i could do the conspiracy stuff all day long
1: (laughs) but the giants all right well the giants are a conspiracy
0: yeah it's true that's (laughs) That that that, should, that could, like the New York Giants aren't real or something. There might we can figure out something
1: like that. <laughs> the Giants aren't real.
0: Yeah.
1: Do the giant do the, do the San Francisco Giants and the New York Giants ever meet up for lunch when when the when San Francisco Giants are in New York? <laughs> <laughs> <Is> that
0: <laughs> that that's a uh, that's a Francesca question, right? <laughs> I think the New York Giants and Jets are a hallucination a group a mass group hallucination caused by the miasma of the pollution around new york city i say uh, that as a best i was gonna say
1: year. giants and jets games don't actually happen they're just the inane ramblings of mike Francesco <laughs> right. <next> morning.
0: <laughs> right they're just like it's like an osmosis jones or something like you think this is your life but in reality like this giants and jets game is just a Like a tabletop, like, um, old version (laughs) football game being played. I mean, just one of those cardboard people in the stands, man. The rest of the games are real, but that one isn't. I don't know. All right. All Um, right, man. (laughs) This was fun. Let's,
1: uh, let's end the NFC Lee show. And then also let's end the NFC West show. Until next week, we'll talk about the NFC West. Hopefully we'll get to the Niners and, uh, the Geno uh, Hawks. The, the, the Geno Hawks next week. <laughs> we didn't get to them today. Too much NFC East talk. But until then, uh, follow us on NFC Lee's show, at NFC Lee's show on Twitter, rate and review on iTunes, NFC Lease mailbag at gmail.com. Williams, I will talk with you next week, man.
0: Sounds good. Take See you.